told me At first I'd laugh but now We're sinking in fast Whatever you told me Well baby, I don't wanna take advice from fools I'll just figure everything is cool Until I hear it from you Of Betty at Podcast. I'm Tim Chris, your host. Betty at! It's a long form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. Interestingly enough, it was Chloe who popped her head up on that hey, all right. Both dogs asleep in my lap right now. Hadley still asleep, making no acknowledgement of my being loud it's the mostly deaf one who's responding Jim Blossoms post Doug Hopkins Julie I know but when it's right it's right something magical in those Rickenbacker tones Bubba's welcome back to better yet Julie Carr of sensual world is on the show today very fun chat. That Central World LP, one of my favorites of this year. Excited to share my conversation with Julie. Chloe is sleeping very close to Hadley right now. Hadley, I've never met a dog who sleeps more than this dog does. She's just all day curled up. I love it, though. We're having a great time over here. Lily doesn't want to be in the room with us, but that's okay. We're doing okay. Live show, Saturday, December 7th, 3 p.m. matinee style. We are doing a live episode of Better Yet at Shores. For those who tour house in Lincoln Park here in Chicago, Illinois, Sure has invited us over for an afternoon of conversations and performances with our guests, Namdi, Kaina, Avery Springer, and Seth Engel. Such an exciting lineup. Namdi dropping a new track this week, last week, a week ago. Kaina's on tour with Slater Guinea. Avery is freaking one of the one of the, the most exciting writers in the game right now. Seth Engel, ten years doing this thing and he's just getting started. You're invited to join us. Space is limited. I'll be dropping an RSVP link on Instagram early next week for you to sign up. Guests will be selected at random. We will have an episode for you next week during the holiday week, and I'll include that link in the episode notes over there. Hope you can RSVP. Hope you can attend. I'm looking forward to what should be a very fun time. That's Saturday, December 7th, 3 p.m. Stay on the line for that link. I will be making some special arrangements on behalf of my Patreon pledgers. Patreon is a way for you to help keep the studio lights in here on by pledging a monthly amount in exchange for bonus audio content. I've been recapping the end of the 2010s 
over on Patreon, making playlists with songs from my favorite records of the decade. And I found a fun way to do it. That's not just and at number 83, doing some write-ups too, trying to put everything into perspective. I feel like this was a decade with a lot of different moving parts happening, but a lot of excitement. We've got Radio Free, better yet, over on Patreon. We've also got postcards, mixtapes, pledge a monthly amount, even just a couple bucks a month. goes a long way to keep this show going. Head on over to patreon.com slash better yet podcast. All right. My guest this week is Julie Carr of Sensual World. Sensual World is a very dope punk band from Richmond, which was started by Chris DiBettadetto a past guest of this show's proper canon, but also the first person I interviewed in testing the grounds for maybe doing a podcast. We use iPhone headphones with the microphones, and we plugged them into my roommate Wills' iPad, and we went 10 minutes, because I guess that's as long as you can go on uh, GarageBand for iPad. But those ten minutes, oh my god, it'd be like it'd be like hearing a, a tape of the first minor threat practice. Chris is a dear friend, moved to Richmond, started this band Central World, the darker brand of punk with a heavy wipers influence, mass hysteria. I say seventeen seconds, Eric Cure. But Julie comes in with this real powerful soulful voice and it has an extremely powerful effect and in tracing julie's career back i come to find there's this deep well of songs recorded under her own name and with her band bad magic julie's songs are americana and the spirit of jason molina as a solo artist it's quiet songs heavy reverb with bad magic there's a big loud band behind them and with central world It's a really fantastic pairing. So I was looking forward to getting into how she's evolved as a singer and a writer and what she brought from herself into such an ideal pairing with this band Central World, who after a couple demos and a promo tape made a very impressive record called Feeling Wild. Let's start with a track from it. This is Apocalyptic Faith, followed by my interview with Julie Carr.
document this is being with Mike cathartic Joanna Newsom experience. Because oh, she played that, right. you know that song, Sadie? Yeah, oh, oh, that song's so beautiful. My God. It really is. Yeah. She played that song. Sadie! And <laughs> it, it, so... it, it was one of the few that I was like really able to like mm-hmm. take in everything yeah. at once. Yeah. Because there was so much, you know, mm-hmm. beauty in, in, yeah. in, in all of the things. It's like lyrics kind of got drowned out because mm-hmm. I didn't really need them. Right. Because everything yeah. else was so great. Yeah. I knew I could go back. But that one was one of the yeah. ones where it's just like, oh, you're also saying the right, best. Right, the best, right. most beautiful things. Yeah, I think that one, like the uh, Peach Plum player, Pear, Peach Plum Pear, yeah. was the one for me where I'm just like, God. Like, it's just that line where she goes like, and you change so. Oh, It's just like, yeah. I don't know. That one always, that, that just always got me. That was she, it. When she finished mm-hmm. playing Sadie, I was just like, yeah. That was fucked up, yo. <laughs> and we were sitting right uh-huh. in front, and she was kind of like, "Cool." Huh? Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Are you yeah. like, are you kidding me?" Uh-huh. And then she, I think she got where I was coming right. from. Yeah. And then she yeah. Was, she was just so like effervescent. Yeah. And, and lovely. Did she talk between songs? Like, was it? She like... did. Okay. And she she just done. Uh, she just tuned the harp mm. too, so uh-huh. she had like a like. If anybody's got questions and all right. these jokers trying to yeah. be funny, and then I was like, mm-hmm. line of the night. Right. So it was a big night yeah. for me. Oh, good. <laughs> so, yeah. I really, Nick uh, Nick K., who I, I love, just did oh, a. Hell yeah. Yeah, like this really beautiful tour. And I, I didn't get to see it, but fortunately, a friend of mine who went just kind of, I usually hate that when people, like if I'm sitting next to a person who's like live Instagramming like a bunch of things that are happening, I'm like, that's right. Can you stop doing that? But as someone who didn't find out about the show until after the tickets had sold out, I was really happy that she was like live streaming, like all of his, not all all of his songs, but like a lot of his Q and a, and it was really, it was really special to watch that. That was pretty cool. I like I what it, I feel like the last few years with him, he's really been opening yeah, up. Yeah. Have you read any of the um, the Red Hand, uh, the Right Red Hand stuff? No, I haven't. Oh my God. I almost want to pull something up. He does this. So it, like people will submit questions. Um, and I think it's mostly kind of coordinated through his wife, Susie. Um, but people will submit questions and then Nick Cave will, will answer them. And they're just so thoughtful like just like his responses are so beautiful and there's one like one of the questions is like why is Nocturama so bad which first (laughs) (laughs) which I'm like that's amazing that Uh like he just let that question like you know just like oh fuck off like Nocturama's great which I'm just like I didn't know that that was like the bad I didn't know until I mentioned it to other friends who were diehard Nick Cave fans that that is like that's not like that album sucks because that was I think the first Nick Cave album that I was like like I'd heard of him before I think that was that like 2003 when that one came out I think so and that was the first Nick Cave album that I listened to and I I loved it like that's what got me into him um but I will in retrospect like I recognize like it is it is a departure from a lot like a lot of his other stuff like the further back I go I'm just like oh it's it's a very different record. See I have a harder time with the with the further back stuff probably mm-hmm. for the, you know the same yeah. reason is yeah. cuz mine was the Boatman's call. The Boatman's call. call. Yeah, no that that one's beautiful too. Um, but he does he kind of goes into that like this very tender place in those albums yeah. where it's just like you know the earlier stuff is like no we fucked on a pirate ship and <laughs> right. blah 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 blah. <laughs> um you know and then like, he has these moments of like really sweet stuff but he's just like you know kind of crass at the same time but in the so in right red hand uh like you know someone's like why why is nocturama so shitty and he was like well you know i'm 
I'm very proud of that record. Uh, it's like, but also, you know, it's important to take risk. And sometimes like it's a flop, like we challenged ourselves, we, we tried something new. We went out of our depths um, and learned a lot from that experience, just in like the kind of artist we are, the kind of artist we aren't um, and the and what the relationship we have with our fans like, you know, I don't know. It was really, really, really introspective. He's also and he also said, you know, it's like, I'm also really glad we only have one Nocturama, you know, right. like some, yeah. some, out of all of them. Yeah. They, he yeah. makes a lot of uh-huh. changes. Yeah. I feel like he tries yeah. to flip the script as yeah. often as he yeah. can. Well, he was also just like, it's great that like we we have this one album that was a flop yeah. and not like 20 albums that were a flop. But he does. There's another question. Uh, it was like from this time last year. I was just talking about the other night because it's just so beautiful. Um, where like the person asks, you know, um, they say something about like, I've had a lot of loss in my life and I always feel like in some ways, like I'm still connected or like speak to kind of those, uh, you know, that like the spirits, I guess, of like the people who've passed, do you ever find, like, how are you coping with loss of your son? Do you ever find yourself like finding ways to communicate with him? And he writes this like beautiful, like gut wrenching, like every time I read it, I cry. Like, it's just so beautiful. And he talks about how, you know, like the, like, you know, the, the give and take of life is just like to love so intensely means to feel lost so complete, like so intensely at some point, right. like that's kind of that, that's, that's the trade off. You get these really strong emotions in one way, knowing that on the other side of it at some point in some way is this like, like the, you know, the inverse of that, that feeling. Um, and then he kind of compares like, uh, you know, grief as like this inspiration. It's just like you use that and you mold it and you let it speak to you. And then like you come out the other side and like just unimaginably changed and just this new, like, you know, the, this different, different thing. I know it's yeah. so, oh, it's so beautiful. My, my, one of, <laughs> one of my good friends and I were, were, dis- were discussing a, uh, a director that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. uh, upset <laughs> anybody by saying uh-huh. their name, but the, the, the point that I got to with mm-hmm. him when we're trying about trying to figure out like what's our disconnect from this guy mm-hmm. emotionally because he seems so emotionless and I was right. just like I could never see that guy being mm-hmm. 19 years old and like mm. too drunk at a right. party right. and like crying yeah. outside and, like, yeah, and yeah. it's like I need uh-huh. I need that I need yeah. to know that you were a yeah. mess at some right. point absolutely yeah I was talking about that with um talking about like a a, like a TV series and it was just like I really di- like there were so many parts I will I will say it it was like in the in the new Twin Peaks um <laughs> we were talking about, about Lynch. Lynch yes yeah we well, were. I was just talking about David Lynch and um I can see that critique of him but in the new um in the new series you know uh Naomi Watts's character plays this very like prim and proper woman but uh Dale Cooper is like alter ego person I forget what his name is in the um, like when he's kind of like not himself, uh-huh. um, it's supposed to be just kind of this like, like kind of like sketchy kind of like bad dude. But then he has this very like Rockwellian idyllic life. Oh, sure. You know, and then she's just this like, you know, oh, she got, was it Dougie? Yeah. And like, how, how does this, I don't get how this would be like a real life dynamic. Like, I don't get where the, the, like. How right. this would actually be something that's like rooted in any type of real. I think with him, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. Right. And I think that that's. And sometimes like... I like that. Yeah, like, me I too. Like... Me too. Yeah, and I was talking to you about like we were walking with a friend, um, the, 
and uh, you know, who never watched Twin Peaks and was like, that's fine. And I was talking about the, the I wrote a short story for a friend. Um, he did like a like a Twin Peaks series, like when it was the 25th anniversary of the uh-huh. uh, of the series. And I wrote a short story for it, and that it's supposed to be kind of like tangentially related. And so it was a like the short story is about someone who donates a lot of plasma and is watching like a used DVD collection of like Twin Peaks at the same time. Yeah. And the I was like the the show is so worth it, uh, just for Major Briggs, like the the character Major Briggs. Yeah. 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 And it was like there's a uh, and I told him it's like the best part of the whole show though and I maybe I gave it all away it was like that um when uh when I guess it's Bob when he has um when he's like kidnapped Major Briggs and he's like what do you fear most like what do you fear most in life right and Major Briggs's response is like the fear that love is not or like the possibility that love is not enough and it's just so Uh gut-wrenching right so beautiful especially coming out of major break right like right yeah yeah. it's constantly drops these bombs but you but it is true like you don't see the wheels turning behind it like right you like there's a lot of delivery and there are moments in the like in in everything he's done where the conversation started about roy orbison because it's like i got into roy orbison because of um because of David Lynch movies, because there's like he oh, yeah, for a sure. while at least like was f- prominently featuring like uh, Roy or sometimes I get really loud and I get excited. Yeah, you're um, good. You're good. <laughs> I got a great um, compressor on okay, here. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> like he there is a what is it Mulholland Drive where they oh uh, yeah 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 there's a scene where the woman is like she's singing crying in Spanish I think uh-huh. um and yeah and I was just like what? and they're just falling apart yeah, yeah and it's just so beautiful it's like oh my god I don't think I ever gave you know he was a pretty woman guy and it was just like okay fine yeah um, yeah but yeah but then after well, that it was some, just like shit there's some I gotta deep sadness in there god, yeah, 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 yeah. deep sadness like ah, it's beautiful ah, ah. Yeah. I think the thing with the <laughs> thing with Lynch is that is that if you if you agree to the mm-hmm the conceit with him that's mm-hmm. like this isn't yeah. all gonna make right. sense and some of it you yeah. could like disagree with mm-hmm. but all of this shit makes you think and i appreciate absolutely that. yeah i'm i'm with you on that yeah there are times where i'm just like this is really hokey and really like yeah absurd and not in a fun way but then there are times where it's just like oh my god this is like this weird catharsis that yeah. just happened here that's like really beautiful <laughs> so where'd you grow up I mostly grew up in uh, Gainesville, Florida. Oh, okay. So I moved. I moved there when I was seven. Um, but before that, I uh, was born in Brunswick, Georgia, which is like a small town. Okay. Um, what's it by? The what? What's it? What's by? it by? Yeah. It's like maybe an hour and a half north of Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, pan- so yeah like, a little bit over the yeah, panhandle. not the Panhandle, uh-huh. the like the farthest east of Georgia. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you were in Gainesville. Um, what'd your folks do? Um, my mom, uh, like kind of dotted around to like different, uh, different jobs. Um, but for the past while, she's like a recept, like uh, does um admin stuff for a University of Florida, cause it's, yeah. You know the the big school there. Um, and she yeah, but just has always kind of done like some type of admin sure. job. Um, and then my stepdad is, yeah, has also kind of dotted around work, but he like is a repairman. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Washer dryer repair. Is your dad? Yeah. Dad around? The what? Yeah, my my mom. So I was I was raised by my mom and my stepdad. Uh-huh. So they um, the I like my 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 dad was never in the picture, but my mom and my stepdad have been married since I was like one. Yeah. So yeah. Oh wow. The yeah, but my my dad who I 
did not have much of a relationship with. He passed away when I was 22, but oh. which is just like a different kind of loss where it's just like, you know, it's just right. like, I'm not like sad because of all the, like, I'm going to miss this person who I like had this close thing with. It was just right. like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't even know if I have like. It's almost you. like a distant relative. Yeah. Or like not even that. Or it's just like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a different morning. Cause it's just, it's like the morning of possibility. Yeah. I, yeah. Sure. Or it's just like, oh, we didn't get. Like we were, he wasn't really part of my life at all until I was like seventeen. Oh, so okay. yeah, so it was just like this short period of time, and it was just like, oh, okay. well, that's uh, okay. that's yeah. that's a shame. Then yeah, it, it like I don't even know if I have a genetic predisposition right. to like cancers and stuff, you uh, know, or like even like the nuts and bolts parts uh-huh. of it. I don't know, but wow. yeah, but it wasn't. There wasn't. I never felt like a dramatic moment, like when he died. It was just like, oh, you know, like yeah. a devastating loss. It was just this kind of like, oh, wow, okay. Do you have um, siblings? Yeah, yeah. I of my mom and my stepdad, I'm the oldest of four. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, so I'm the oldest of four and then my uh my dad had uh three kids older than me, but they're not I wasn't raised with them, so I don't really have yeah. like we're friends on Facebook, you sure. know. And like I'll like uh-huh. pictures of like uh like my nephews sometimes and be like, yeah. Oh wow, they're getting so big. <laughs> um yeah. So was there music in the house when you were growing up? It's funny when I was you like if you would ask me that ten years ago, I would have been like, no, it was like completely devoid of it. Uh-huh. But that's not at all the case. Like I, I think though we, I grew up uh, somewhere around like the age of like six or seven. Like we always, like we went to church when I was little. But somewhere around like six or seven, like we really became oh, church people. Okay. Yeah. I think it was when we moved when we moved from Gainesville to Florida and lived uh, next door to my, my stepdad's parents, my grandparents. Um, and they are very, very religious. Yeah. Um, what kind of we, religion? Southern Baptist. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, and so a, the, that's mm-hmm, an intense strain. Super, yeah. yeah, and before that, I think we were like Episcopalian or something, because we were just like, oh, whatever, like passively religious. Where yeah, it's just sure. Like, we go sometimes and it's okay. Um, but yeah, but that was kind of the sea change with it. And my stepdad had always been like a big music fan. So when I was little... You know, he had like a good record collection, but um, yeah, and we, uh, but my grandparents, they like my, my stepdad's parents. We moved to Florida. They wanted to. Do, they started like a gospel band, and so uh-huh. I, like did that. And like my mom was was in it. My mom, my mom is musical, but I think like you know she had four kids, and so she kind of set that part of her aside in a right she's not gigging yeah right yeah by, by, by any means and she never was like she never like created her own music but she's always you know right but yeah the only music we were ever allowed to listen to was like religious music oh okay um and so that was why i think like when i was younger i'd be like no we had no music but we just i grew up around like a lot of religious music and like we so it was like was it like mm-hmm. gospel or was it like yeah. the uh kind of like hip church music no, well like mostly like old like gospels and like uh-huh. yeah and like hymns and stuff The i for a little bit got like tried like when i realized like i had like you know the rock and roll like uh like itch uh-huh. i tried to kind of get into some of the religious music but yeah. my mom is like nope that's sinful too because she's like it's a slippery <laughs> oh, no. slope um yeah yeah it was bad but I do remember, the, you know, it's like the marijuana the, of, of music. Essentially, yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's like DC talk. Oh, um, wow. The, but yeah, there was like somewhere around like maybe like a, like I would start, I would listen to the radio and like I, you know, only would listen to like the Christian radio station. But there was like a moment where I was like one day, I was just like, what happens if I just you know like uh-huh. move the dial over a little bit and then oh, just like no. put it back like yeah, when yeah. like when they get home 
And yeah, and like we didn't have a TV because that was a tool of the devil too. Um, this is serious shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's real. Wow. Yeah. Um, like we had a TV when I was really little, and then somewhere around a, uh, yeah, my mom was just like, "This is like this is Satan's work. Like where we don't we don't watch TV in this house." Are they are they still kind of? Oh, very like, much so. Oh, very wow. much so. Yeah. Do you get along with them? Have you found yes like no. a space? We yeah, I think like I think a lot of it is like is being having taking a lot of space. But it also just this, uh, like, the, you know, the, y'all come with our shit. Right. Um, and I think I kind of, the older I get, you know, the, I'm a late bloomer, so I, I didn't, I didn't get a guitar until I was, like, my first show wasn't until I was, like, almost 26. Oh, wow. And so I'm 37 now. Yeah. Um, And so that's just, uh, yeah, like, I think... You know, most of my friends who play music have been like they got the first guitar and they were like eleven, and it's right. this like yeah, right. fluency that I feel like I'll never get, you uh-huh. know, in that way. Um, but yeah, I um, but now that I think about my mom when she was my age, and she, you know, at my age she had four kids, two of which were like one of which was just graduated high school. Yeah. Um, you know, like yeah. my mom was very young when she had me, um, and so that gives me a lot of perspective and just uh like feeling really glad that I had like the space to just kind of like, you know, you were talking about like be like a fucked up dumb kid at like a party when you're right, 19, sure, who's, like yeah, making yeah. a bad choice. And it's just like my mom, you know, I, 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 if she did that, I don't think, I don't know about it, but like, you right. know, she had her own like version of that. Uh-huh. Um, but she also had to do that while raising kids and like going through a lot of her own like yeah. challenges and, um, you know, oh, I that, think that that takes mm-hmm. a lot to get there to yeah, be able yeah. to to see that yeah. in somebody else. Yeah, and I mean, so I think like you want right. to, yeah, it's yeah, mom. absolutely. And so I think it's just like having that perspective on it, and then also you know, poverty is really bad for your mental health. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. You know that. Yeah. So it's just a. I think like the, yeah. If I would, if I can look at it from this very, like trying to be both really pragmatic and objective, I the. I, I have so much like empathy and love there. Um, but I think it's like when I'm in it, sometimes it's a little frustrating. Like, so we yeah, have like, yeah. you know, like it's not at all like where, you know, like I don't talk to you. Um, it's not that. And it's, it's certainly not that dramatic. But you got to like, take like, a, you got to take a walk if we, you're there for more yeah, than two days. We, yeah. Like, uh-huh. and I did kind of realize that like the way that I enjoy my family most is in short stints. And I'm sure that they could probably say the same thing about me. It's yeah, just like, sure. yeah, it's uh-huh. really great when Julie brings, like drives her own car yeah. to like, uh, this, <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it helps kind of have that, like, I think I would just get all the anxiety thinking about all the ways I couldn't get away, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and so I think definitely. like, yeah, I think having like kind of thinking about my strategies of like, okay, so if we're going to this kind of family event, like I, you know, I'm going to go separately uh-huh. and I'm going to bring a car and then I'm going to make a plan, you know, for to do like X, Y, and Z. I right. also just think in general, I'm a person who like, I think I didn't realize how much like alone time, you know, that I need. Yeah. Um, And I think once I kind of recognize that and then also recognize like, it's not weird to just say like, you know, and like everyone in the band has done that at some point too, where we're just like, Hey, I'm going to, 
like I'm gonna take a walk. Like I'm just gonna go for a minute. Oh man, you know, you're, and it's you're really, in band really, with Chris. Uh-huh. You're yeah. in band with Chris. Yeah. That, that guy yeah. lives to be alone. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He, I think, oddly, like is the one who gets the least amount of alone time. But like, yeah. should take up. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Um, but do you yeah, know how Chris super... and I? Do you know how Chris and no. I became friends? Uh uh-uh. I I said uh, I said I need to make a new friend because uh, I'm sick of being the most miserable person I know. <laughs> so then I found Chris, and we've been. That's really funny. We've been tight ever uh-huh. since. Yeah, that's awesome. How long ago was that? <laughs> that was uh, maybe seven, eight years ago oh, wow. when he was playing yeah. Boiler Man. Uh-huh. But so I, I'm that's interested cool. though. You you start you start playing when you're 26. So yeah. what, what brings you to playing a guitar then? Um, I was I I grew up in Gainesville, which is like a very musical city. Yeah, and so it was like playing music was always something I I wanted to do. And I remember when I was 13, I really, really wanted a guitar. And then my mom did for my birthday, got me this like super shitty guitar that I'm sure it was like, you know, like took some time and effort for her like to get. But it was like this like really, really crappy, like $30 guitar. But she yeah. gave me no tuner uh-huh. and no like even like a songbook or like basics of like this is, you know, because she didn't right. really know that either. And so she's like, here's a guitar. And like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> and so I and nothing ended up like coming of it because it was just like was truly like I don't even know how to tune it. Like there mm-hmm. was no nothing. And like the Internet wasn't really something I could just like Google how to like right. do that. Um yeah, so she was like, all right, well, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that was, like, what I, like, pleaded and begged for. And so uh-huh. then nothing really came of it. Um, and then, yeah, I lived in lived in Gainesville, which is kind of, like, in a – I you know, had done, like, a year of college-ish and then dropped out and then just was, like, working at, like, a pizza place for a long time, uh, which is very formative in a lot of ways. Um, and then moved to – I moved to D.C. Uh, kind of on a whim. I found like this job on a, like AmeriCorps. Uh-huh. And I was like, I think I just need to leave. I need to leave Florida. Yeah. Um, and just kind of be like challenge myself in that way of just like being physically in a new place. Right. And that just seemed like the right fit for it. And then when I was in Florida, I went to uh, or when I was in moved to D.C., uh, a good friend of mine let me know she was going to be in Richmond for the weekend uh, for Best Friends Day. And I, uh-huh. you know, and like, and then a bunch of friends of ours from Florida were coming up and it's like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, a cheap Greyhound bus ride. So I took the bus down to Richmond, really loved Richmond a lot and went back to work and was just like, I'm going to move to Richmond. Yeah. And like, okay, fine. Uh-huh. Uh, and then my <laughs> like year, like the year passes in DC, which was such a weird, lonely year in a lot of ways. Like it just, DC is just like a weird, lonely city. What were you, what were you doing there? I was... Uh, working at a transitional shelter for, um, uh, like for homeless women who were, yeah, like, uh, it was primarily like for substance abuse, but yeah, it was like a, um, like a six month, like transitional housing that, that I worked at. Ended up like forming like a very, very formative year, formed a lot of like my like long-term work and like what, what I do now. And like, it was like a a pretty like direct line on a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, I saw like, you know, some of the best shows I've ever been to. Like I like the very first night I lived there, I saw Sonic Youth. Like it was, you know, like oh, just wow. wild, yeah. wild stuff. What year was that? Um this is two thousand six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rather rich. Um, and it was it was yeah, yeah. it was oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. 
Um, I love that record. That's oh, like so one good. of my favorites. I don't think of people give it enough credit, but like, I love I, that record too. Like, I feel like it's one of those that like, is like such yeah, a, like, for like a real. beautiful song. I feel it, it's mm-hmm. like it's like you bring up Rather Ripped, and I think mm-hmm. everybody has that reaction. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love Rather it's Ripped, really but good. why doesn't yeah, why, why isn't, isn't it there? Like, why isn't it up there with Daydream Nation? It should be. I think it so is. too. Yeah, um, I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the firefighters are so. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get done with this. Um, yeah, and but it was just such a like a lonely city, you know. It's just like yeah. you don't make like the people. I remember like finding out that like some girl that I'd gone to high school with lived there, and like we've been kind of buddies in high school. It's like, oh, you know, maybe she'll want to like like grab a drink sometime or something. And I like hit her up. This is back in the days of like uh, of MySpace, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, hey, I like I you know like her tooth the grapevine that you live in DC too. Um, you know, if you ever want to like hang out and get a drink, that'd be really great to like catch up. Like it's been a few years. And then she, uh, she was like, yeah. And then never heard back from her. And then some other guy that I also went to high school with randomly, I ran into the grocery store and he was, yeah. you know, working for some, somebody important. And he was like, Oh, and what do you do? And I was like, I work at a halfway house. He's like, cool. And then that was it. You know, yeah. it's just like every people who live right. there, like, uh-huh. you know, it's just like, Oh, I work for like this Senator, like, you know, yeah, I'm doing sure. this thing or I'm with this lobbying group. And I'm like, yeah, ah, I, I work like, 12 hours straight and then I mm-hmm. go to right. the bar yeah, yeah. and yeah. then I don't know uh, yeah, how I get uh-huh. home. Yeah, sure. Right. I work 12 hours straight. I go to the bar and like, I'm still wearing my lanyard both because I forgot. Yeah. And I want everyone to know like where I work. It's like <laughs> oh, this really God. weird networky place. Yeah. Um, and it's very disconnected from like the, like the real DC, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, which oh, is like a suffering yeah, right. city that's like, people are constantly being pushed out. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So live in DC for a year. Don't make any friends, go to really great shows. Um, and at the end of the year, I still like Richmond's kind of like in my, my head of where I'd like to be. Yeah. Um, but I also am just like, I have no money because DC is so expensive. I quit smoking cigarettes when I lived there because I couldn't afford to smoke cigarettes and live in DC at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I guess I just have to move back to Gainesville for a bit, like just to save up money. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's easy to move back to your hometown. I had like a job lined up right away. I had like my rent, I think was like 150 bucks a month. Right. Um, and yeah, like things lined up really well going back there. And one of my roommates, no, like several of my roommates played music. Um, but one of them just always had like one or two, like one or two guitars just like laying around. Yeah. Um, and moved back in June in 2007. Very, very thankful for the time that I went back there, like solidified and grew like some really, really strong friendships in that time. But like kind of realized like through that process, like, oh, shit, like I actually like really have to you go. Like, this isn't like, yeah, yeah it's just I have a hard time finding a balance there. Um, that, um, and so I kind of realized like, all right, I have to go. And so I decided, you know, all right, you know, January 1st, I'm going to move up to Richmond. Um, and so I, that last week that I was in Gainesville before moving to Richmond, a lot of my friends, you know, it's a college town. So a lot of my friends like go, uh, go home, you know, usually to South Florida. And so Richmond's kind of a ghost or Gainesville's kind of a ghost town during that yeah, time. Yeah. And so all of my roommates were gone. I have the house to myself. I'm moving in a week. I'm having a lot of feelings about that. And like, oh shit, is this ready? Is this uh-huh. right? Yeah. I don't know. Um right now it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I well I guess like back up to that, like the very the last month that I lived in DC, one of my bandmates or one of my not bandmates, one of my coworkers there we decided as a going away thing for another coworker 
we were going to do a song parody of Beyonce's To the Left. Uh-huh. And she did have a guitar. And so she's like, oh, I'll do, I'll do that. Um, and then, you know, I came up with like the, you know, the, the lyrics and just like yeah, jokingly yeah. saying, you know, about like how much we were not going to miss her, but we missed her so much. Um, <laughs> and so then there was just a guitar in the office. And yeah. so I was like, oh, let me, you know, it was just like, I'm bored out of my mind. Like, cause there would be, uh, when all the, when all the residents were gone, you just had like hours of like, once you kind of got done with some of the more menial tasks, you just had like you know, an hour or two to kill with nobody there and nothing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and you have no money cause you're in a, like, you know, sensibly unpaid intern. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, well now's as good a time as any to learn how to play guitar. Uh, and so I was just like, I looked up the, um, the chords to Bruce Springsteen's, um, Atlantic city. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is, I'm going to, all right. And I'm glad in the end that that's the one that I learned because you just get all the basics. Like there's a G, there's right a C, there, there's yeah. a D. You mm-hmm. get like, you know, transitions. And um, it's all like, it's a very bouncy it's a very It's a too. bouncy progression, but it also makes sense. And like it leads your hand in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I didn't plan on that being like the perfect first song to learn, but it was definitely the fir- perfect first song to learn. Um I and love that song so it's much. It's so beautiful. Oh it's so, yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. That's a song, like, well, Nebraska in general, like, you know, I'd have friends who were just like, yeah, Bruce. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I, like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, um, I'm and from then, New Jersey. So okay. I, I grew you, up right, with this. Yeah. I'm like, that fucking guy, like, right, I know. the faces that he like makes when he hokey. so lame. Yeah. And then Nebraska. Yeah. And then Nebraska. Like, yeah. And then you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it shifts. And then... Once you, yeah, for me, it was just like, I had to like Nebraska to appreciate all the other stuff. Yeah, you go back. Um, you yeah. Go back. And then it, we're and all it was, suffering. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, but so I was, you know, learned the chords to Atlantic City. And then like in DC, I moved back to Gainesville for like six months. And then that last week that I was in Gainesville, um, you know, all my roommates are gone. It's cold. I just quit my job. So it's just like, all right, I'm unemployed for a week before I go. Um, and I was like, let me just like mess around on my roommate's guitar. Yeah. And that was like, I wrote, I wrote my first song then, like in that last week. Uh, and then I get to Richmond. I live there for a month. And I tell a friend of mine, I was just like, oh, like, I, I think I wrote a song. Oh, um, cool. He's like, oh, yeah. that's cool. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah. I guess I should buy a guitar. Yeah. Um, and so then I, you know, went to, uh, I went to a, like a, a shitty guitar shop and bought like the cheapest guitar they had. Yeah. Um, and it was this, I think it's called a Norma. It's like a weird little three fourths acoustic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I still have it. I love that guitar. It like doesn't hold a tune. It's yeah. Not great. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I bought that for like 30 bucks and a tuner this time. There but you the, go. You know, but yeah. the internet, like I didn't need songbooks. Like I uh-huh. just was able to like Google things. And then so I was just like look up songs I like. And then half of my songs were just me like trying to learn like a Lemonhead song. And then just like being like, well, I can't figure that part out. But right. I like whatever's There's happening too here. Ma- There's too uh-huh. many Yeah, 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 absolutely. But so, <laughs> so had you sung before though? Cause your your voice is Sing, when I was all little, the way back to like yeah. we aim to try is like uh-huh. so. Oh wow, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, I told you I did my research. Wow. He, so Chris uh-huh. didn't tell you anything. He didn't uh-huh. tell you when I'm like, oh my god, right. just started listening to no. these solo songs. Oh, Holy wow. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Wow. Um, that but, was supposed supposed to be something that, like that. Yeah, I like I just recorded those in my house, like in the. Yeah. On, 
like garage band right um and like the idea was like, like oh turn just, like, this reverb do up. Yeah. That. yeah i'll do mm-hmm. this and then later i'll like do like a real flesh out recording of it and then that just never happens it was like okay here you go internet yeah um yeah um so those are those are your first songs i had one other thing before it but i, I go yeah. back and listen to it and it's too, it's so cringy like i right, just like right. i don't know how to strum well sure. i'm not like the so like it jumped very quickly from I just bought this first like acoustic guitar and then I was working at a coffee shop with a friend of mine who so Richmond at that time it was in 2008 and in very quick succession a lot of the big like not big venues but like the punk venues in town like Nancy Reagan had just like closed down Uh um and it was just in this like kind of dry spell of like having venues and so this uh, clothing store that had just opened up by like a few friends of mine, they ended up uh, hosting like a bunch of of like the DIY shows that were happening. Uh-huh. Um, and my friend Marche, we were working at this coffee shop together, and I told her like, oh, I bought like a guitar a couple of weeks ago, and like, I it's been fun, like I'm you know learning how to play guitar, and she's like, cool, can you play the show next week? We have we don't like we can't <laughs> find an opening act, right? Um, it was like absolutely not, but then it was like, well, you know what? okay um and so i just did it and so it was just like you know like truly like two months after really learning how to play guitar i was like playing a show um and it was bad it was like i just like i listened to those songs and like maybe like lyrically like arrangement wise like i see where i'm going with it yeah but execution it's just like it's it's just well that's okay that's okay yeah so but i took those songs Uh off the internet because they're just really really Uh uh-huh yeah they're like i don't know i'm just like oh it's not the it's like not, yeah. I'm just like Argh. the vibe on <laughs> on those on on the the earliest songs on, on we aim to try. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you know you got you got cat power and then mm-hmm. I, I'm I looking at the the lyrics mm-hmm. and I'm like oh there's the Molina the way oh the I love Molina. Jason Molina yeah best. yeah I yeah he's like he's another person I saw when I lived in DC I went oh, really? and saw yeah I never Magnolia. got to see him yeah yeah, yeah Magnolia Electric Company and it was almost on a whim because I had like. You know the. Is I that have, like trials and errors? Yeah, it is trials. I have the yeah. um the record from that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That era is and, Oh my god, it's so beautiful. I made them all listen to it in the van, um, and uh, over here because I'm just like it's just so beautiful. I just have I love how loose they were. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in like the recorded, like the songs of Haya, like Magnolia Electric Company. Like when they were talking to like Steve Albini about like, oh, what was the recording process like? He's just like, I just hit play, you know, like they were just like all like just that they just did that. Yeah. You know, and like, of course, like he strategically put mics in all the right places. But go I go back like, a few episodes and mm-hmm. you can hear him talk about it to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was, he was the only the only person that I was right. like, I was like, uh-huh. tell me about this yeah. specific oh, person really? that you worked yeah. with, because yeah. I knew that. I would only get one of those. Yeah. Because he'd been, yeah, it's Kurt Cobain. Like, so uh-huh. Melina, it's like. Right. No, I want to know about all Because, yeah, he, yeah, he, like, yeah. changes so much shit up. Oh, my like, God. Like, on the fly, yeah. too. And, yeah, yeah. those, it, it yeah. just sounds I mean, I, like, so many of my songs are, like, kind of inadvertent ripoffs of him. Like, I have one song um, that was, that I recorded with Bad Magic, but I'm, I'm recording, like, again, like, solo because I want to. I want to have it have a different feel to it. Yeah. Um. It just, you know, it's just like some things you try. I'm just like, no, that's not the way that song was supposed to be. If that makes sense. I like. You know? Well, I like that kind of mm-hmm. that that strain in your in your catalog is because mm-hmm. you have 
bad magic songs mm-hmm. that are some of your old solo right. songs and yeah. that was the thought that i had mm-hmm. was like this a lot of especially the first bad magic mm-hmm. record it's like yeah let's put a band behind this right and that's kind like of what it was yeah, yeah what yeah, what yeah. I, yeah what you were envisioning uh-huh. with it right yeah and then it just never it just never quite i think i learned a lot in that band about like both being a part of like a collective thing but also one thing I really love about Central World is, you know, like I I write all the lyrics and, and I do play guitar in it, but like it's Chris's guitar. You know what I yeah. mean? Like and so it's interesting to kind of come with it from that. So I don't have this expectation of like this is how I like envision all of this. Like, you know, there are certainly You're contribu- parts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I am a contributing member to a larger whole. But with Bad Magic, I would come to it and be like, This is a fully fleshed out song uh-huh. and this this is it. And like I'm gonna play it for you and then we'll we'll do this around it. And sometimes there were things that just like worked and it felt really good about it. But I um, you know, I think there were also like we can't came from somewhat different places musically. And I wanted it to kind of like have a certain like sound to it, and never quite like was there for me. Yeah, it's tough when um, you're when you're trying to trying to mm-hmm. find the thing, right? And but, it just like it was never. I I loved that like the experience of it, and like I feel like I wrote a lot of really great songs during that time. But I also kind of realized like not every song needs to be like a full band song. Yeah, you know, like some songs I kind of like would have benefited more from pulling back. You know. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, I'm gonna record a solo thing in november and there were two songs um two songs that i did with bad magic that i'm gonna redo yeah like solo because i think they uh would have benefited from pulling back a bit and one of them was the um what's the real i don't re- sometimes i don't remember what the real names of songs of are. your, so- of your yeah, own songs yeah no um <laughs> but there's one part where like i like when jason molina died you know like in trial and errors uh the what is it I think it might be almost as good enough where it kind of like partway through the song breaks into um, Out on the Weekend. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah, yeah. and I've been listening That's to that album the nonstop. And then uh-huh. he, and then he, when he died, I was like, oh, I'd already been thinking about like, it'd be really cool to kind of give a nod to him. And uh, like in one of my songs, because I'm just obsessed with them. Yeah. And then he passed and was like, all right, now I really have to do it. Oh, you're talking about Bleed. The what? Yeah, Yeah. Bleed. Thank Uh you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Uh You really do know. Um, That's (laughs) so cool and weird. Not weird. Right. I mean, I get that like, you know, when you, anytime you put something in a space that isn't just you anymore, it's like it's everybody's, you know? Right. But sometimes I just don't. I, like, well, it's interesting because then, yeah, you don't because because uh-huh. all of a sudden yeah. you have somebody who's sort of looking at at mm-hmm. your songs and uh-huh. and I'm thinking like, all right, so I'm listening to Wrong with My Eyes mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, the the first one we have mm-hmm. a lot of the solo songs and these ones right. seem to be original for this band, right. yeah. And then I hit this stretch of like, Florida's yeah. full of sinkholes. Uh-huh. You were blue, R.I.P. <laughs> Doug, and I'm like, R.I.P. Doug's about gem wh- blossoms. <laughs> oh, is it about? Doug it's about Hopkins. Doug Hopkins. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That poor guy. Yeah. I, what a sad story. Yeah. 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 I um, I'm a. Are you? Do you like? Are you a replacements fan? Yeah, I am. I'm uh, I'm working on something related to Tim. Mm. And I'm thinking a lot about yeah. Bob Stinson in yeah. that band, because oh, he's, wow. he's yeah. just not a part of that yeah. recording yeah. very much. And it's just such a sad thing to mm-hmm. see somebody who is mm-hmm. just getting pushed out, right. but also yeah. like such a they major have their contribu- own agency. Yeah. And uh-huh. It's just yeah, yeah, 
The yeah. Jim Blossoms one is fucking rough. It's really, yeah. I remember because it all spot, like spurred from me and a friend one, like, you know, just on like a late night tear and uh, we're like singing that song and he kind of turned to me and was just like, what the fuck does the, a dude from the Jim Blossoms know about the cops chasing you around? Yeah. And then like, I remember thinking about that randomly one night. I was like, oh. Let me, what you know, like, know? What, yeah. what does he know? Uh-huh. And then I Googled it. It was like, oh, my God, a lot. And like, yeah. oh, my God, this is the saddest thing I've ever, like, not ever heard, but just that idea of, like, working so hard towards something and then having it get there but not with you and yeah. then having to, like, see what that looks like with other people. Like, and just, like, not being able to, like, I don't know. I mean, that's, like, the thing with, like. You only got to take part in, like, just, yeah, the, just beginning the beginning of, of it. it. And then. But it had so much to do with like like you know it's success and like hey jealousy that's all him yeah um yeah and then but just also like having like such a struggle like internally and with addiction where it's just like yeah of course like you know he wants like with everything in him to like be a part of this but he just like he can't yeah uh you know and like what like that like a fucked up awful feeling that um would be and so yeah like that um I don't know it's like they so the second album you know it's like after Hop, like after he Hopkins had killed himself, um, and they called the album "Congratulations, I'm Sorry" because of that. Yeah. Um, that was like they're just like fuck. What you know? Like right. that was them thinking about that. So that's like the hook in the song. Like yeah, I love that. It. I love that little <laughs> hook. It's weird. It's weird too to like. I I like both of those records a whole lot, and yeah. it's it's it almost feels. Uh, it almost feels wrong to mm-hmm. like congratulations. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Just in yeah, because you know. Right. Yeah. Like what? Like what? What? Yeah. But what, what was going? What was there? going on for yeah. you at that time? Because it seems like there's um, so much transition on that. And were you back? Yeah. Were you in Gainesville then? So some of those songs I wrote. So most of the songs I wrote for like the first like Bad Magic, um, uh, the like Harsh Surrender. A lot of that I wrote in Gainesville. Um, a good bit of it though I did write in Richmond. Harsh Surrender was about like a friend of mine, um, had like a very progressive cancer, and it was just a, like he and I had talked a lot about the like what it just kind of looks like to just kind of finally be like, okay, I'm 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 dying, yeah. uh, you know, and and wow. like the like what. Yeah, just those stages of, like, personal grief of just, like, the, you know, he's, like, 34 years old, had been married for, like, a year or two, like, just started a business and that, like, what, like, what it looked like when you just kind of had to, like, just kind of just accept and be okay with, like, this is just what, this is just how it is. This is how it ends. And so that, like, is a lot of what that song is about. I've never talked about that before. Jesus. Um, And then the, in the, the second album... I guess like kind of the follow-up song to that is that um, the that song is about like after like he he didn't die and we the um, he so we threw like you know this big party for him at this brewery I ended up DJing that but I DJed all of his records and so that was like really oh, interesting and really like wow. wild and challenging and yeah, like yeah. it just was a lot of flipper and prints. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the um yeah and so the um afterwards his wife was like hey we're gonna meet you know and and, like she'd been really loose with like funeral plans and like wanted to like make it like a um you know it's just like his name was jay moritz he was in this band brainworms he was just this beautiful wonderful person um and he uh yeah she was like we're all gonna meet up tomorrow 
And I looked at the address and it was for like a funeral home thing. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is like just kind of like the small, like we did like the kind of like the celebration of life and then right. tomorrow it's just like a small funeral ceremony. And then we get there, nobody really knows what's going on. And then we all find out that we're actually going to be a part of the process of, of, of his cremation. Like we incinerated him and it oh. was, I was not prepared for that. And so it was yeah, like me and like, yeah, it was me and, and 10 people. And part of me almost felt like I cheated my way into it. Like he had been the roommate of mine and like a friend, but there were, you know, people there who've been like best friends with him, bandmates with him for like 10 years or so. Isn't that, isn't that such a like odd feeling? Right. When you, yeah, yeah. It, just any, uh-huh. any type of, of death. There's, mm-hmm. there's always that part yeah. that's like, I I feel like I'm imposing in, right. in some way. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, there's like, you know, 10 other people here who like absolutely this is where they're supposed to be. But right. there's part of me just like, I feel like I'm witnessing something really intimate and close that like I don't necessarily like I didn't earn, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it's just also like I'm whatever you need or want. Like I'm I'm absolutely here for. Right, right. Um, and so it was a, a group of us and we go into this room and it's this pretty room. And then there's this box and we realized, like, oh, Jay's in this box. Yeah. Um, and so then we, uh, like, all lifted lifted this box with our friend in it and onto this conveyor. And then uh, it, like, put him in, like, in the incinerator. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that song's about that. Huh. <laughs> I've never talked about that either. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. how do you know Tim Barry? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man. Um uh yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's um, so funny. So, so you, you, <laughs> how, you, you've been in, in Richmond for, mm-hmm. for a while. No, Off and on now for 11 years. I moved away uh-huh. for three years. Um, after about five or six years, I, you know, would go back to Florida on a pretty regular basis. And something at some point just kind of switched where it's just like, oh my God, I think I need to give like Gainesville another try. Like as like a, you know, as an adult and I had like a, a number of close friends who had also moved away around the time that I had, uh-huh. they were all moving back. And I was just like, damn, this just really seems like the right time to come back. Um, I was also finishing up undergrad at VCU. Oh, what'd you go to school for? So in undergrad, I started where I wanted to do social work. Uh-huh. And then I took social work classes. But because of the like time kind of essentially doing case management in D.C., I realized as I was doing the social work program and then I did like a small like internship that... Social work is really important, but I think I needed to, it also always felt like you were just walking people to the edge of a cliff and being like, all right, I'll see you at the bottom. And then, you know, and like, that's just your whole job. It's like walking people to a cliff wow. and then there's no extension for it. And there's no like, you know, policy changes or yeah, more effective yeah. things like that. Um, so I took a class, uh, um, it was an elective, it was an African-American health and health disparities and the professor was just so great. And we talked so much about like um, social determinants of health and like um, health equity. And I was like, this is, you know, this is what I want to, what I want to go into. This is great. Yeah. And, and she was like, well, you can't like, this is all the other classes. I was like, I want to, you know, what else are you teaching next semester? Like, I want to, I want to take whatever you're teaching. Um, and she's like, well, I, all my other classes are specifically for African-American studies majors. 
and I was kind of at a place where like I hated like the social work program yeah. and it wasn't too late to turn like to turn, you know, to a different um program. It was like, well, you know, fuck it, I'm just gonna switch majors. So my uh-huh. undergrad's in African American studies. Yeah. Um and it was focused on like public health and health disparities. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a they don't have an undergrad public health program. And at the time their masters of public health program was not um was not uh it was still pretty new and not really like built up but University of Florida has a really great like um yeah uh like MPH program and Gainesville had started just kind of looking a little bit better and it's like you know what let's just try it and it felt good to go back with like okay there's a goal in mind I'm getting this degree I'm you know and then I I have like a three-year trial period essentially um and I again you know the same as like when I moved back before I'm so glad I did but it also cemented that like this was like not where I needed to be right now um and it also made me I think I, you know, um, I had never been a person who played music living in Gainesville before. Yeah. And I thought that that would be a lot easier to do. And it wasn't. Like, uh-huh. I thought that it would be, but like in Richmond. What is it, kind of like old guard? Is it, you got No, not really. I mean, it was, a lot of my friends um, played music also, but it was in a place, you know, it's such a small scene that it's, um, you know, we're in Richmond, like, there can be like people who are just playing like solo acoustic stuff, and like oh, okay. you, there's like a niche enough. So you're in Gainesville, you're only playing the CMC, right? Right. Essentially, it yeah. was just like you know, it was just like oh, but I'm also like all my punk friends are playing this show, but they don't uh-huh. want like a solo act opening it. Right. Uh, you Why know? would so anybody that, want a different type? Right. Of music? I know. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. The worst shows in the world are ones with variety. Uh-huh. Um, everyone knows that. We need three <laughs> bands that all sound the same, um, and. Uh, yeah and then even just physically like going places it's just like unless i want to play like in tampa or like miami like which are both cool places to play um it just like it made some i think going there made me kind of like re-evaluate like what like richmond meant to me in terms of like my like ability to play music and just like ability to like go places and, and do that um and yeah and the how like you know it's it's music has never been like a central focal point like in like any of the stuff i'm doing and i think part of that is just like an extension of like i am i feel like you know the the folks the folks who have seen it making a music almost always had like parents who were very helpful or like they had like ability to like fall back on something or uh-huh. just like you know were propelled by this other these forces outside of themselves like to be able to do that and like I just don't know that I've ever felt like I was like in any of those, you know, buckets. And so it's just like, well, you know, it's something I, it's something I do and I like doing and I don't think I'll stop, but I don't think I'm ever going to be in a place where it's just like, I'm a musician and that's, you know, like, right. this is how I make my money and yeah, I do my yeah, yeah. living. Um, I'm also not, not entirely dr- sure I would dropping. be yeah. like uh-huh. fulfilled by that entirely. Either. Yeah, for um, sure. Cause yeah. I mean, the work that you do is, it makes so much of a difference. I try. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, so the... um, But it's like, it seems like now with coming in and and playing the role that you're playing in with Sensual World, Mm -hmm. it's like... It's like oh, okay, this is this is a, a a band that has a sound established, and I come mm-hmm. in with these parts, and mm-hmm. I can apply myself yeah. into yeah. this creative way, yeah. and that's completely different. Right? From, oh, so different. Yeah, yeah. and because like with, uh, you know, with with Bad Magic, it was very much like these are songs I work on very much alone, like very much you know, like in 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 solitude. I both am I'm going at my own pace with it, and you know, I'm. 
I, I'm at a point where I don't think I'm a bad guitar player, but I know that I'm a limited guitar player, you yeah, know? Sure. Um, and so it's just kind of like, well, this is in the wheelhouse of what I know how to play. Um, and what's been cool about with this band and what, what I was drawn to, it's like um, kind of freeing up that part of myself where it's just like, okay, I'm working around somebody else's song structure, but I'm really just thinking about like lyrics and melody and and that's been kind of cool yeah um but it's also kind of interesting to be like this is a prompt you know where it's just like the like song songwriting by myself was just kind of uh what's what's happening what can i yeah or just like the two and two you know maybe i would like be strumming something um but the like the process is more hand in hand where it's just like these two it's just like i have like this uh, like another person's idea of like of, of this and then I'm coming into it and adding to it and yeah. it being like here's this fully formed thing that I just have to think through like start to finish by myself well because I yeah, um, I'm, yeah I'm looking at it lyrically and it's like it's mm-hmm. it seems like what you're what you're doing in sensual world is you're mm-hmm. it seems like you're directing your lyrics very much to just mm-hmm. like match the tones right. that yeah are absolutely it. yeah yeah I like have jokingly said that Red Hot Chili Peppers have been super inspiring, like with like the songwriting. <laughs> but in some ways, I'm not joking. I don't know. I think they're a band I liked when I was like young. Um, but there's, you know, there are times where it's just like you'll listen. I've gone back and listened to Californication and been like, you're saying gibberish. Like oh, sometimes yeah. like actual nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, but like he figures out a good like a good flow and like uh-huh. has like a nice like something going there you know westerberg does that too you can just go with that okay (laughs) you're right i mean honestly they're on the same yeah yeah paul westerberg anthony kiedis they're like what's the difference i don't know i like what i've what i find interesting too is is that you you come in and you have this this soulful like earthy voice <laughs> and and I, i'm wondering if when you came in like that type of voice is not normally what you associate yeah. with like wipers right, worship. right. Yeah. so yeah. was there um i guess were, were you kind of like should i just i was a little concerned yeah. yeah i was kind of worried at first because like when we talked about it like when i met up with like with with christy and chris marshall um you know uh, Chris was just like, oh, you know, I really love like the wipers and I love mass hysteria. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, you know, we could do like some things with like gang vocals and whatnot. Yeah. And at first I was like, all right. <laughs> and then the more we were practicing, it was just like, that's not what I hear. Uh-huh. And so that first song, I was really worried that he was just going to be like, this is really not like what we were going for. And maybe he did, but just kind of was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like, the the first song that I think we did was uh, "Don't You See" was like the first one I had yeah, like the lyrics yeah. for, um, and yeah, I was like kind of held my breath like when the first time like I sang it, you know, for for them, and it was just kind of interested to see what they would have to say because it wasn't you know this isn't this isn't a gang vocal song and this right. isn't uh, you know it isn't a wiper song and it's certainly not a mass hysteria song. I hope that's okay. <laughs> but then you finished and you're like, uh-huh. it's a sensual world song. It's a sensual song. world song. I don't even know if we had a band name yet. I didn't want that band name, but I'm the one who suggested it. You noticed that uh-huh. I didn't say, so Kate Bush, huh? Yeah. That's what I was texting right. Chris. I was like, I was like, Richmond, what are they putting in the water down uh-huh. there? Hey, yeah. Kate Bush. Yeah. But- no, I think we, oh God, we went through so many band ideas. Like Chris had this one that was something like, 
I forget it was like a either a cheek or a tongue or I don't know it was something like uh-huh. where I was just like oh wow what does that mean <laughs> um and we were all just kind of in very different places like thinking of like a band name and at one point I thought it'd be kind of funny to be called Sage uh you yeah. know it's just like an, a nod to like wipers but also like that's kind of like the, I don't know um <laughs> the, and nothing was happening and then I really 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 wanted us to be called Johnny um yeah because there there isn't a band called Johnny I realize now that would have been like impossible to like Google, Absolutely, you know, in like the yeah. year 2019, you have to think about that. Uh-huh. Um, but there isn't a band named Johnny and I thought that would be such a good band name. Anyone can take it, do whatever you want. It's a great idea. Um, if you don't care about searchability and algorithms, <laughs> um, but to try to get them to go with the idea of Johnny, I started, it was like, what if I come up with like, just mentioned like kind of absurd names. Right. And there was one day we were all getting ready for practice and, Every, like that I think Marina sent a selfie of herself and just like okay and we all sent one and I was wearing a Kate Bush Hounds of Love shirt and they're like cool Kate Bush shirt and then I thought it was like sensual world uh-huh. um, and thinking they would be like that's so bad you have to stop because it's not my favorite Kate Bush album like I, no, I like no. at, at all yeah like I don't hate it by any means um but it's you know it's it's not it's fine um oh, yeah totally. um yeah, and then I said that, they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is our band name. <laughs> and 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 you're, you're touring, and you're touring it at a good pace for you. Like, yeah, the- yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that's, you know, that uh, I'm, a, I'm a government bureaucrat, and so I, I only get so much, like, paid vacation time. Uh-huh. But it's one nice thing about Richmond. It's like we could do long weekends, and... Um, I get bank holidays off, so I get, you know, we can do long weekends on random times. Like I have veterans day off. Let's do a three day tour then. And you can cover a lot of ground in those days. Yeah. I think like a week, a a week once or twice a year (laughs) and then like some long weekends is about like where I'm at. For yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, it was great talking to you. Yeah, Thanks you too. Is there anything? I drank a bunch of coffee, so I'm ready to go. Maybe Hell I was yeah. too tangential. Uh-uh. Did I say it? Okay. Uh-uh. All right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, great stuff. Julie putting it together as she goes. A lot to latch on to in that conversation. I love the self-described late bloomer. It's in a good spot now professionally and musically. Great having Julie over. Very happy that she's fronting this band. Check out Sensual World online. Sensualworld.bandcamp.com You can find Julie's solo records at Julie Carr. Dot bandcamp.com bad magic is bad magic dot bandcamp.com subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher rate us write a review the website is better yet pod.com email is better yet podcast at gmail.com you can support the show on patreon patreon.com slash better yet podcast a couple bucks a month goes a long way our Wilco tribute, All of God's Money, is available on our Bandcamp page, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Thank you so much. Thanks to Chloe and Lily and Hadley. Thanks to Julie. Zero thanks to Chris. 
and a belated thanks to Nina Corcoran took me to see Joanna Newsom, and I fell apart. Come back next week. Thanks, Bubbas.
Sadie. 